Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Dorkside Toys. At DorksideToys.com, you can get the latest Star Wars toys, as well as Marvel, G.I. Joe, The Walking Dead, and more. Run by toy fans, you can be assured your order will be given great attention and packed with care. Sign up to their social channels now for stock alerts, reviews, and toy and movie news. DorksideToys.com. You'd be a dork not to shop there. Welcome to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, hosted by Marjorie and Arnie, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Welcome to Star Wars Action News. This is Marjorie. This is Arnie. This show coming out on Tuesday means two days. Technically, probably about 18 hours until Marjorie and I go to the theater to see The Force Awakens. Yes, we're going to be seeing it down in St. Louis at Ronnie's where they're having a Star Wars marathon, which is one of the only ones I think in this area outside of Chicago having it. Yeah, we had a hard time finding one that was doing the marathon. We bought the tickets the day they went on sale. Good thing we did. The marathon is sold out. Now, I did the Avengers Age of Ultron marathon, which was also sold out. I had to drive to Kansas City for that. But it was only about a third full. They actually intentionally undersold the theater so that you weren't elbow to elbow for so long. So I don't know if they'll be doing that here. I'm really glad the marathon is starting at 4 a.m. because I've seen some places where it's starting at 1 a.m., and then having like an hour or two break in between the trilogies. Yeah, I'm good with the 4 a.m. start. Okay, I'm not good with it, but because that means I've got to be up like barely even asleep. But hey, you know, 4 a.m. is better than 1 a.m. So we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter as we will be posting updates from the marathon and let you know how it goes. And just in case... Slightly sleep-deprived is not the best way to see The Force Awakens. No. We're going to see it again the next day, also at Ronnie's, because they have the 70 millimeter IMAX print of this. Some parts of The Force Awakens were shot in 70 millimeter IMAX, and if you go to one of the IMAX theaters that's kind of IMAX, but not fully IMAX, which is where we had tickets originally. We were heading to Chesterfield, I think it was, to see it. Yes. So we return those tickets. We will be seeing a Friday matinee at Ronnie's and then heading back down to Ronnie's later this month because 70 millimeter, got to see Hateful Eight, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the few theaters that has 70 millimeter, so we'll spend a lot of time at Ronnie's, I think. It's now going to be my go-to IMAX, the real IMAX, not the faux IMAX. But if you see it in IMAX, if you see it in 3D, if you see it in 2D, I'm guessing if you're listening to this show, you're going to be seeing it. Yes. And we're going to be doing a show a week from today. We are normally an every other week show, but come on, The Force Awakens. So think of this as like a bonus show to kind of tide you over while you're standing in line waiting for your seats or 
biding some time in between trilogies of the marathon or just sitting at work waiting for your tickets that night. But we've got a lot of information. Star Wars action news kind of became news this week. <laughs> yes, I was not prepared to be PR agent. We're going to be talking about that. But first, let's head to our On the Pegs reporter, Jonathan, to tell you what he's found in stores. Hello, and welcome back to On the Pegs, where we discuss what's being found in stores and online. I'm Jonathan, and if you've been to the stores lately, you probably picked up that there's a lot of new merchandise out there. I, for one, have been completely overwhelmed by the sheer volume that we're seeing in the stores. I think back to all those times where I would go to the store and there would be nothing on the pegs and I would hope just to find something new. Well, the moral of the story is be careful what you wish for. It is mind-boggling, the amount of new merchandise that's out there. Not only Hasbro, but you have knickknacks and tchotchkes galore. Today, when I made the rounds through the stores, I saw puzzles, I saw signs. Target has a whole section in their one spot. It really is mind-boggling. I can't go over everything that I'm seeing new in the store, so I'm just going to talk about what I've picked up lately. With the high volume of things in stores, I guess it was inevitable that I'd find a lot that I needed. First off, I was able to find the second wave of the Walmart-exclusive 3 and 3 quarter inch Black Series figures. This is the wave with the super-articulated Kylo Ren, First Order Stormtrooper, and Yavin Ceremony Princess Leia. And I have to say, for the most part, I'm pretty pleased with these figures. I mean, the price point is a little bit high, but the sculpt and articulation on these figures is really nice. Also in the Hasbro camp, thanks to the Star Wars Action News Facebook page, I was able to pick up the 6-inch Final Battle Darth Vader, the one with the translucent head to simulate when he was getting shocked by the Emperor. Now, I haven't had a chance to open this one yet to compare it to last year's 6-inch Darth Vader, but the two look pretty comparable. And to be honest, it looks really nice left in his packaging. Speaking of exclusives at Toys R Us, I was able to find two new six-figure multi-packs from the Epic Battles line. These are the ones that have repackaged the Five Points of Articulation Saga Legend figures for the past couple of years. We have a prequel trilogy set and an original trilogy set. The prequel trilogy comes with a Qui-Gon and a Darth Maul to represent Episode 1, a Mace Window and a Jango Fett to represent Episode 2, and an Obi-Wan and an Anakin to represent Episode 3. In the original trilogy set, we have a Stormtrooper and Chewbacca for Episode 4, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker in his Bespin outfit for Episode 5, and Princess Leia in Endor gear and a Scout Trooper for Episode 6. Now, these are straight repacks. There's nothing new here, so if you aren't a package variation collector, you can probably skip these. As far as new items at Toys R Us, I was able to find the new Poe Dameron armor figure. Now, this figure is exclusive to Toys R Us. It comes with a Poe Dameron figure in his X-Wing outfit with what looks like a snow armor-up equipment and a forest armor upgrade. You know, overall a nice figure, and I like the fact that this one comes with two armor-up options instead of the previous ones that were available that only came with one. 
Also in this Toys R Us exclusive wave, there's supposed to be a Captain Phasma armor up, but not too unexpectedly, that seems to be the harder one to find. I taught myself a valuable lesson this week, or retaught myself a valuable lesson. I've been able to find most of the more recent figures from the three and three quarter inch line, or the most recent wave, which included the Inquisitor and General Hux. But the one figure I couldn't find was the Guavian Enforcer. No matter where I looked, I could find all the other figures in that wave, but not that one. So after a couple of weeks of looking, I finally gave up and decided to purchase it online from a reseller. I paid a couple of bucks more, but I figured, hey, at least I had it. Well, no sooner did I do that than I started seeing the Guavian Enforcer pretty much at every store I went to. Not even 24 hours later, I saw it at several Walmarts, and Toys R Us. I suppose I need to take my own advice and just wait sometimes. Moving away from Hasbro, I did find three new ships in the Star Wars Hot Wheels line. These are the small die-cast ships that, personally, I really enjoy. The three most recent ships in the line are Kylo Ren's Command Shuttle, the TIE Advance Prototype, and a Republic Gunship. Again, very nicely detailed ships that I think are well worth the price point of around 4 to $5. But it seems that Hot Wheels has gotten into the package variation game as well. Because with these, I also found two X-Wings. The one blue resistance X-Wing from The Force Awakens and the old Red 5 X-Wing. But this time, they're packaged with the wings closed. Again, if you're an opener, it's not going to be a big deal for you because I think that these are the exact same sculpts. But if you're a package variation collector like myself, you're going to have to track these down. As I record this segment, it's the sixth night of Hanukkah, which my family and I celebrate. And as you would expect, there are a lot of Star Wars gifts going back and forth. If you follow the Star Wars Action News Facebook page, you've probably seen that the first night I seemed to get a lot of kitchen gear. I got a Darth Vader toaster, a Boba Fett apron and grill tongs, and a lightsaber pizza cutter. All very nice. I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do with them, but I certainly appreciate it. But I wasn't the only one in the family to get Star Wars gifts. My daughter decided to get the Disney Infinities 3.0 set for her two younger brothers, and they are ecstatic with it. She found that on one of those Black Friday deals for about half of what they go for retail, and because I thought it was exceptionally nice that she decided to do that for her brothers, I've picked them up a lot of the Star Wars figures that go along with that. We haven't installed it yet, but if Nathan P. Butler, my co-host over at the Original Rebels Roundtable, is to be believed, we're going to be having a lot of fun with this very soon. Another gift that was given to one of my sons was the Lego Bionicle General Grievous. When these were first announced, I wasn't sure how I felt about Bionicles and Star Wars. But I think for some of the characters, such as the Armored Ones, Darth Vader... Django Fett, Commander Cody, they, they, they make an okay transition. Other ones like Luke and Obi-Wan don't seem to be as good of a mashup. However, this General Grievous figure, even I have to admit, is pretty cool. 
It's articulated every way you could possibly imagine. It is a large figure, and you can split his arms apart to use all four of the lightsabers. My son was thrilled with it, and I I have to say, it's a pretty nice-looking piece. With a couple of days left of Hanukkah, I'm still hopeful that I'll get a couple of items that I haven't expected yet. And with less than a week before the opening of The Force Awakens, I know that there isn't going to be a let-up of new merchandise hitting stores. So, until next time, keep searching those pegs. Thank you, Jonathan. As far as stores go, we've hit quite a few I'm reaching the end of my rope with holiday shoppers. I've already reached the end of my rope, and I will not be going out because nothing makes you lose your Christmas spirit faster than someone that cuts you off in traffic or, you know, body checks you to get to a store display. We did go to Five Below just because we had a little bit of time to kill and we're trapped in a strip mall where it was going to take longer to drive out than to go to Five Below. They had quite a bit of Star Wars stuff, but one of the weirdest things I have ever seen i've seen star wars can koozies before but i don't know what this one was it was you stick your hand in kind of what would be a chewbacca hand and it's holding the can cooler for you it's like a mixture of the hulk hands toy hasbro makes with a cup koozie and you just like put your fingers in it didn't look like you had a great grip on whatever that would have been no you didn't it your hand is swimming around inside of it Then I went down a few doors to Toys R Us, where they have epic battle sets. And they're the five POA. They're all repacks, but they're six figures per set. They were kind of cool. I always like seeing, right now with The Force Awakens, see some of the older movies represented, the Lucas era of film. Then I saw the price tag. Six five POA figures, no armor up accessories or anything like that, in just a long cardboard package. Kind of nice packaging, but still... 50 bucks each. Huh? For all six movies, all 12 figures, it would have been 100 bucks. How much are the five POA anyway, just individually? They fluctuate. They're usually around eight-ish. And I'm used to getting a little bit of a discount when you buy a multi-pack. It's less packaging for Mm -hmm. them, less bubbles. I'm waiting for one of Toys R Us's infamous buy one, get one 40% off, or at least buy one, get one 30% off sales that would bring these down to the price that... I feel comfortable paying. And they had a ton. They didn't even have these there a week ago. So at at least at our store, they didn't have them put out for Black Friday. But something to keep an eye on. I think make good gifts. But I'm going to try to bide my time and see if I can save a little bit on those. What I did have to head to eBay to get, because I couldn't find this in our Kohl's. And I wasn't even aware of this. I don't think it got a whole lot of publicity. There was a Kohl's-exclusive Force Awakens Five pack of figures. I did not know that. You've got Kylo Ren, First Order Stormtrooper, Chewbacca, a Resistance Fighter, and BB-8. And they all come with a bunch of the forest mission build-a-weapon pieces, I think they are. Yeah, so you can do that. It's repacks of the older figures in a really nice box, a Kohl's exclusive. Because I wasn't finding it at Kohl's, I felt really good getting it for 55 shipped on eBay. I'm guessing... At five figures like this, BB-8's a small one, so it might be considered four figures. I mean, he's included free in that figure two-pack, making it a three-pack. So I was feeling pretty good about picking that guy up and getting the whole set for what I'm guessing isn't too much more than retail. I've seen some people list these as buy it now at 100 or more, so. Huh, well, that's kind of like snuck under the radar for everyone, I think. 
Yeah, it wasn't really advertised in their Black Friday sales. I haven't seen a whole lot of posts about it. I'd heard something. I wasn't quite sure what I'd heard, but I'd heard something about a Kohl's exclusive, so I decided to do some digging, and that's what I came up with. Of course, the biggest shock of the week in stores or for me online, Disney continues putting out their every other week elite figures. The latest one was Boba Fett, and that came out two weeks ago, and my god, there's not been such a ruckus trying to get an elite figure before. Yeah, it went on sale like at 1 a.m., which is crazy. I think it went on sale like 2 a.m. our time, which would be midnight Pacific. I'm not quite sure. I woke up at 5 a.m., and I've had no problem ordering any of the other elite figures that have come out if I ordered that morning. Boba Fett was gone. Hmm. But you were able to order them later in the day. And then that order got canceled. Thanks, Disney. <laughs> yeah, between what we're about to talk about and the, them canceling my Boba Fett order, Disney did not give me a magical week. <laughs> I want to just give some shout outs, though, to some people who came through. I feel very lucky to have gotten one, but... That one was crazy. I know Scott from Tulsa went to a Disney store and had to participate in the raffle and he was able to get one. Wow. And I know a lot of other people because when I was able to get my order placed at 3 p.m., it looked like they got them back in stock. Others placed their orders too and all of us got our orders canceled. It kind of not that cool, but I now know I'm going to have to up my game on these elite figures. I thought I was able to just get them if I ordered the first thing in the morning now, I'm going to have to set an alarm for probably 2 a.m. Not looking forward to that at all. But the biggest thing found in stores was found by our friend, our team member, Justin. I just want to start by, let's lay a little bit of information. You're listening to Star Wars Action News, not Star Wars Action Network. We are a podcast dedicated to Star Wars collectibles. I'm Arnie Carvalho. Marjorie is my wife. Hello. We live in Illinois. We love Star Wars toys. And the news has gotten this all freaking wrong. <laughs> I'm apparently also married to Justin. Who is our co-host at Marvelicious Toys. And I think we need to get Justin on the line because he had a store find. I think in the 10 plus years we've been doing Star Wars Action News, never has a store find been so widespread and newsworthy. But hold on, he has to call us. You have a call from inmate. Justin. At the Facebook banned users correction facility. Will you accept the charges? Yes, I'll accept the charges. Justin, Justin, are you there? Hey, hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> you got you got to help me. You got to get me out of here. It's nothing but Twitter and email in here. I'm sorry. It must be awful to be cut off from Facebook. Justin has been banned from Facebook for three days. We fixed it. He was only banned for like a half a day. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a it was a rough like six or seven hours is what it comes down to. So let's talk through this because I'm assuming that we have lots of first time listeners who've read something on Yahoo News or even worse, the Mary Sue that is completely incorrect or people who don't follow us on Facebook and Twitter and have no idea what we're talking about. So, Justin, I think you were like Jar Jar on a mid-afternoon munchin. And what happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I appreciate the Jar Jar comparison, but okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, as a lot of us do, we go to stores over our lunch breaks, you know? So I had, uh, 
I had gone to Toys R Us and there was nothing there. And right next to the, that Toys R Us over in Council Bluffs, Iowa, there is a Walmart. And I, people who listen to Marvelicious Toys know that I live in what Arnie calls like the toy capital of America. He thinks that it's some magical land where all figures come first. And apparently you're kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying it for five years. And... Yeah, you didn't really do much to dispute this, Justin. <laughs> so, yeah, we have just a ton of Walmarts, a ton of Targets around here. It just, it's just weird. But I went into this Walmart, kind of looked around, and, you know, I, I'm usually looking on the Star Wars side for the six-inch stuff, and I really don't ever pay attention too much to the, the five POA figures. But I, I kind of started noticing there was, you know, that new red guy that looks kind of like Deadpool and that blue. The Guavian Enforcer. Yeah, he, he's enforcing guava, apparently. <laughs> and, it, it is a tasty juice. <laughs> and that blue C-3PO with the the long neck, I saw him. And so I kind of paid a little closer attention. And then I saw one that I had never seen before. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I'll buy this. So I pick it up and I walk up to the register and I check out. And, and I was the more I looked at it, I was like, you know, this is this is kind of cool. I've, I wonder if anybody else has found this one yet because I hadn't, I hadn't even heard of it. And... I do follow, you know, Star Wars Action News and other Star Wars collecting sites. So I feel like I kind of have my finger on what might be coming. So I took a picture and I posted it to the Star Wars Action News Facebook. And apparently, a couple of things. I probably should have put a spoiler alert on it and uh, maybe not have taken the picture the way I did. Maybe cropped it a little bit. Maybe put your face next to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I should be like maybe... Get it tested for fingerprints so I can keep that as part of the lineage of this figure. Well, I went on the page and I saw that you posted these pictures and just said, did we know this was coming out? And of course, the future waves of this have been shrouded in secrecy. Certain sites have them up for pre-order. You don't even know what figures are coming in these waves, both the six inch and the three and three quarter inch. I noticed nothing other than it was Ray in a slightly different outfit. That, and that's kind of where I'm coming from, too, Arnie. That's about what I noticed on it. And as someone pointed out, Ray really likes capris. <laughs> <laughs> and I will issue a minor spoiler warning. I don't necessarily think what was posted there was a spoiler, especially since if you've seen Target ads or Duracell ads or Sideshow's email that they sent out to announce the Hot Toys release of Ray when they were putting the Hot Toys Ray and BB-8 up for pre-order. This information was out there, but apparently the first controversy was that this picture was there. And people said, why didn't you put it behind a click wall? Well, we're a podcast. We have a blog, but we don't have a lot of people posting to it. We don't use it that often. We post directly to Facebook. It's not like Yak Face where they can post a news article and then post something on Facebook that you click to to get to that news article. We want to get you the news, and we don't want to have to make you click extra for it. So these pictures were posted there, and the first brouhaha to erupt, the first of many, is that this should have had a spoiler warning. And it kind of went back and forth. There seemed to be about a half a dozen really vocal people saying that it was a spoiler, and about 30 or 40 people saying it wasn't. Okay, but here's my thinking on this, and I, I don't think you need to apologize for it because we know now anybody can walk in the store and see this damn figure, but I never thought to put a spoiler warning on an action figure that is in a store. Yeah, it, they were mad at us, specifically me, even though you posted it, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They're, that's the first of many confusions between us that's happened this week. 
<laughs> saying that they were really mad they came to Facebook and saw this. I wonder how they would have felt if they were like you and they went into a store and saw it. How would they be <laughs> rampaging up to the manager's desk? I mean, we are toy reporters. We find toys, we post them, and that's what we did here. I have intentionally avoided all spoilers, anything like that. But if it's officially released info, if it's one of the 18 TV spots, I don't consider that a spoiler. I think there's a difference between a spoiler and knowledge. You know, that's kind of where I come down on it, too. I mean, I mean, I... I do feel for people who feel like they saw something they didn't want to see to a certain degree because everybody has to set their own limitations on what they consider a spoiler. I mean, I don't myself, I personally don't want to be spoiled. I don't go out Googling, you know, plot of episode seven and trying to find out what's going on. I don't want to know any of that stuff, but I feel like stuff that falls in front of me isn't necessarily a spoiler as much as it is, like you said, knowledge. And if, if you're the type of person who sees this picture and says, oh, well, that's a spoiler. That ruined something for me. That means that you've gone out and searched other information that leads you to believe that this image is confirming something else that you found out before. So it's like, how spoiler-free actually are you at that point? One person said this confirms Ray joins the resistance because the figure is called Ray Resistance Outfit. Did anybody think that Ray was in the First Order? <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah, no, anything I'd seen, and I'm not trying to remain spoiler-free, but I'm going about my daily life, as I normally would. Never for once did I think she was going to be in the Empire, or whatever the First Order they're calling themselves in this movie. Well, to parse it a little further, they're saying this picture confirms her identity or her lineage. No, it confirms she holds a lightsaber at some point. <laughs> I mean, it is Star Wars, and she is a main character. Lightsabers and main characters go together. I mean... It happens, so. Well, that was the initial thing, but it was what it was. And the strangest thing was within an hour of you posting that photo, my phone rang. It was an unknown number, and I swore to God it was one of those people who I really enjoy telling to do anatomically impossible things because they're trying to sell me Viagra, Cialis, or whatever illegal drug prescription Canadian thing from their Indian call center. <laughs> so I'm expecting to have a wonderful, cathartic explosion of rage. It's shown in Avachi from Hasbro calling me on my cell. Wow. I've met Joe a few times. I did an email interview through Hunter Public Relations for the movie Magic articles I wrote. I met him at Celebration and Comic-Con where I gave him a copy of the movie Magic Magazine at New York Comic-Con. But... We aren't buds. I'm like, I've never given him my cell phone number and said, text me, we'll have a beer. So when he called me, I mean, it makes sense he'd have my number through Hunter. I guess they do keep good records. But to have him call me in the middle of the day was a little odd. <laughs> and he was really interested in where you got that photo. And there was never any accusation or anything. But he said that this figure had never been shipped to any Walmart. I beg to differ. Wow. And there have been cases of sites in the past that would make contacts with people in the factories. And this is rumor hearsay, but I've heard it a lot. So take this for what it is. There was definitely somebody on eBay who was selling figures before they'd hit the streets. And sometimes prototypes and things would show up on certain sites. And that was considered proprietary information obtained illegally. And Hasbro would send cease and desist notices. Wowzers. And because of how the information was obtained, I mean, that is corporate espionage, technically. This was not that. 
This was you in a store <laughs> paying $7 for an item. And it took a little bit of convincing. And Justin, I know I was kind of the go-between between you and Joe. Joe was asking a lot of questions that I really enjoy our working relationship with Hasbro. I wouldn't do anything to damage it. And so, yeah, we went through the trouble. I sent him your receipt because he wanted to know the exact store. We sent him pictures of the card back that were better than or more comprehensive than what we posted to Facebook because he needed to see certain stamps and markings on it. They were determined to figure out how this figure hit shelves. Holy cow. But they weren't mad at us. In fact, he was very grateful to Justin, you, and myself for all the help we gave with all of this information. Well, the next morning comes around, and everything's fine. Picture has 100 shares and going well. And then somebody texts me and says, I heard you're getting sued. <laughs> like, what? And another website apparently had taken your photo and without permission posted it to their Twitter and their Facebook and their website and everything and woke up to a plethora of takedown notices, a takedown notice from Twitter, a takedown notice from Facebook, a subpoena sent to their web host company. And I'm sitting there like, nobody's contacted us about anything. And the story just keeps spreading. More and more people are contacting me, asking me if we're being sued. And finally, I'm like, well... My dad flipped out. He did? My dad was like, told me yesterday we need a lawyer up. So I'm like, okay, well, I now have Joe Ninavaji's cell... I'd been texting him the day before with all these photos, so I decided to text Joe. Joe, am I being sued? Should I be looking a specific place where I'm not seeing a subpoena or something, a cease and desist? Because I got nothing. And I don't know if it's correlation, causation, or coincidence, but within 10 minutes of me sending that text message, all of a sudden, you, Justin, Marjorie, myself, and every single person who's an admin of Star Wars Action News' Facebook page got a message about getting notice that they've removed or disabled access to the photos because they received notice from a third party that the content infringes on their copyright. And Justin, I guess you got a more detailed message than we did. It wasn't much more detailed. I mean, it, it basically pointed to the two photos in question and called the same vague <laughs> chapter of whatever law they were using as, like you said, images of... It wasn't even images of copyright material. It was photos that somebody else owned is kind of what the verbiage broke down to. Yeah, just it's not exactly obscure. This is the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which is a law that was put forth by big corporations like Disney so that they have a way to basically stop torrenters and to stop piracy. And the claim came from Lucasfilm. The email address was Disney.com. And the claim said that the photos that they were arguing about, the two you posted, Justin, were, quote, a photo my organization or client took, unquote. So right there, they were stating that, Justin, I guess you hacked their system, <laughs> found photos of this figure in a Walmart, and posted it. That, that is how I interpret this claim. I'm not a lawyer. I have a couple. But I have not consulted them on this. I hope I don't have to. But... What I've now been informed by several others is a big part of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act is there are penalties for false claims made under that. So here, Justin, my understanding of the law is you didn't break it, but Disney did by claiming that photo was theirs. <laughs> they at least overstepped. They were, they were heavy handed about it. And it does get a little fuzzy because, for example, 
I drive a Ford. I couldn't take pictures of my car and sell a calendar of my car, even though I own it, because it's a Ford trademark and Ford owns that car. Ford can sell calendars of my car, but I can't sell calendars of my car. But what if you took off your shirt and were on the hood of the car, then could you sell calendars? It becomes iffy. Like, if you film a movie in Times Square, you have to get the approval of every logo on display in Times Square that you can use their logo in your movie. Yikes. It's, it's weird. I mean, it's it's really craziness. But yet, if you go to Times Square and take a selfie and post it, obviously there's no clearances there. A lot of it deals with profit and whatnot. So what it all comes down to is Lucasfilm owns Ray. For all I know, Lucasfilm signed a contract that owns Daisy Ridley's soul. <laughs> I mean, it more than likely. When she goes to hell, Walt's there. <laughs> but all the photos we take... There's a question of fair use. There's a question of a lot of things. So it does become this murky gray area. Whereas, Justin, if you just took a selfie without any Star Wars thing in it, then that clearly is some kind of false claim. But here, they had this claim, and we were fine with it. I kind of wished we'd been asked politely. The thing that bugged me was that in the email to you, Justin, there was just this little threatening note, not from... Disney, but from Facebook, saying that we strongly encourage you to review the content you have posted to Facebook to make sure that you have not posted any other infringing content, as it is our policy to terminate the accounts of repeat infringers when appropriate. Right. And at that point is where, to me, it seemed a little more serious than just messing around on the Internet, because I was automatically signed out of Facebook on all my devices. My phone, my iPad, my home computer, my work computer. Every time I went to Facebook on any of those devices, I had to look at this TOS agreement and agree to things like four or five times before it let me log back in. So that's when I was kind of like, hmm, there's some there's some power behind all of this. But it wasn't even Disney's power. It was Facebook's power right there. And Facebook right. is monolithic. There is no real appeals process. The email you got did have a link that you could dispute. And because you were the one who posted it, Justin, you're the only one who could really do this, even though we managed the page. And when you got there, it was like, you just said you didn't feel comfortable filling it out because it opened you to lawsuits. Yeah, I mean, it basically was saying that I'm contesting their claim. And from there, it will be taken to, I would agree to arbitration or the decisions of the federal appeals court in or circuit court in my jurisdiction. I was like, whoa, I, I don't want to make a federal case out of this. I was literally, just to, literally, <laughs> I just I just wanted to say, hey, uh, maybe can we look at it from our angle rather than just taking their word for it and punishing us? You know, like you said, that's a it's a black mark against my personal Facebook, but more importantly, a black mark against Star Wars Action News's Facebook, which has plenty of people looking at it for news. So that's when I went back to you and I kind of said, uh, can we, can we look at doing this a different way? <laughs> and there was an email address with the report. It was at Disney.com. And so I didn't lawyer up or anything. I just emailed that address and I'm like, hey, we always work well with Hasbro. And is there anything we can do? We'd happily take it down if asked, but I don't think it's right that you make this improper claim of photos being stolen from you and get a black mark against us. Meanwhile, I'm talking to Joe at Hasbro, and Joe's like, we didn't send any takedowns. 
he this was not Hasbro. In fact, Joe didn't realize that this was going on at the Lucasfilm Disney level. Hmm. Cut to the next morning. We didn't hear back from Disney. I mean, why would we? But we all got an email that the content was restored to our page and that the claim has been retracted. Huzzah! A victory <laughs> for the small man. <laughs> or so we thought. <laughs> the pictures were back up. We did not repost them. We didn't. We took no action whatsoever. You didn't have to. Facebook automatically did it. Yeah, Facebook took them down and Facebook put them back up. And so we're like, okay, well, that's good. No more black marks or so we thought. Apparently, this is like your school record. Justin, that mark is permanent. You still have it. <laughs> I may be free, but I'm, I'm still marked. Guilty until proven innocent at a federal court. <laughs> but then later that day, for reasons we do not understand... We got yet another takedown notice, this time from a specific person at Disney was in the email address. It was their social media coordinator. Well, he was a social media marketing manager, and he is the one who does all the content for their pages. And this time, Justin, you got banned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this apparently counted as a second mark against me for the same incident, which I had not done anything to further from the first incident. <laughs> so literally double jeopardy right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're being retried for the same crime twice. <laughs> and getting this stiffer punishment <laughs> for a repeat offense for the same crime. <laughs> it's like, you were accused of robbing a store. Not guilty. You were accused of robbing the same store at the same time. If it's your second time doing it, go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> and now, again, we like to work with our partners at Hasbro, but I... I felt bad for you, Justin. I'm like, you just took a picture of a toy. You posted it to our page. It's BS that you got banned from Facebook for that. Yeah, so we had a lot of fun with that, too, while we were doing this. we made I made up the hashtag, Free Justin. Your <laughs> wife made a Free Justin Kozasek Facebook group, which has we've had so much fun with while you were banned from Facebook. But the strangest thing of all is you went worldwide, because when the picture first was taken down... There were a couple of really incorrectly written and misinformed articles that we found online. One was the Mary Sue. Mm -hmm. One, I can't remember what the other site was, but these were just a couple of blogs that had their facts wrong, saying Hasbro did this and this, that, and the other thing that were just incorrect. Nobody reached out to us. And I'm sitting back. I've been doing this for 10 years and I studied journalism. I'm like, you always reach out to the source. You this always try to get correct information. You don't just read something online and then create an article and publish it as fact. But that's the bad reporting you get at the Mary Sue. And hey, you're not hiding. I mean, you run Benghazi Media. You have contact information out there that's easy to find. Um, If you Google me, you can find me and find my email address. It's very easy to find how hard it is. To, oh, I, I think I should reach out to these people instead of regurgitating and playing the telephone game with a news article. <laughs> and one person did from Ars Technica. Yes, Ars Technica. I, I was interviewed by Joe there and actually been in contact with him. He reached out to me. He also reached out to Disney's PR and hasn't heard anything. He published an article. I also talked to Jen at Fortune.com. They contacted us as well. It was crazy. I mean, I saw the inquiry come in from Ars Technica and Marjorie as our PR director. You handled that. And then more requests came in from Fortune. But this story took on a life of its own with just some of the worst or best reporting I've ever seen. I got to give a high five to the consumerist. I love the consumerist. <laughs> Super happy that we're on there, guys. 
(laughs) Well, it's a good site. It's kind of fun. I I read it, you know, and that was kind of exciting to be on the consumerist. Boing Boing's article was pretty cool, too. Boing Boing was good. They were very good. (laughs) But then there are other articles. First of all, it went worldwide. I don't even know if the article that we found in Spanish or the article in France were accurate because I don't speak those languages, but... Well, we we did get interviewed by a business... Well, I talked to the guy at Business Insider UK. He was interested in the story. They did run it. Yeah, they did run it, and it was factual because he reached out to me. But then, like a bad game of telephone, this thing went weird places. Like, what I was told by Hasbro and Joe was that they like to control the release of their information. Of course they do. And they hadn't even announced this figure, so that was their concern. But articles were stating factually, just stating as if they had heard from Disney themselves, this takedown notice was because it was a spoiler. And they also incorrectly stated that the majority of conversation on the photos was about it being a spoiler. No, the majority of conversation was, hey, where'd you find this figure and how can I buy it? Right. Because that's the (laughs) page we have, toy collectors. (laughs) Then... Like, because Marjorie was doing all the interviews, but Justin, I mean, we felt you should get the credit. I mean, <laughs> not necessarily well, blame. Everyone but... <laughs> I gave, I said, here, who's bought the figure? Justin Coza said, he bought the figure. Here's where he bought it. Blah, blah, blah. So now it became Marjorie Carvalho and her husband, Justin Kozasek. <laughs> and we live in Iowa. <laughs> and then it just became Marjorie and Justin Carvalho. <laughs> That's right. You take my name. <laughs> it's easier to spell than Kozasek. Are, are you sure? No. I don't. I don't know. No one can pronounce any of our last names. Uh, it's just a word jumble at that point to people. I'm like, you know, by the end of the week, it's going to be Star Wars Action Network, which we were called. <laughs> Owner Marge and Jerry Kozacek <laughs> are suing Disney because there's not enough Ray figures. And we've reached out to George Lucas's wife for comment. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this thing, the the funniest part about this is, is like you said earlier, if if the concern here was a spoiler that Disney, Lucasfilm, whoever did not want leaked out, they went about this in such a way that only took <laughs> a tiny spark and blew it into a bonfire. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, we have about 7,000, 7,500 fans on our page. And that's where this would have died. Maybe, you know, people share and all that. But by God, as soon as they did this, and we did not reach out to any press. We, no. again, appreciate our good working relationship with Hasbro, Hunter PR, and when time allows, Lucasfilm. We did not go to the press and go, oh, we're butthurt and wronged. No, no. In fact, what happened was all of a sudden I started getting emails from these reporters and I'm like, Okay, I'll just tell the truth because I have nothing to hide. It's not like we did anything wrong. Justin did nothing wrong. I think that's the important thing here. We did nothing wrong by allowing it to be posted on the page. How was Justin supposed to know that an unreleased action figure is what he found? Primarily, we answered the questions because we were tired of the incorrect reporting we were reading. Yes. And we were not seeking any publicity on this, though. No. I feel like I kind of need to go back and correct these horrible, horrible reporters, and I use that word loosely, who are just regurgitating and playing the telephone game because it's just blown way out of proportion. I mean, all this has made 
my dad think that we're going to get sued and lose everything. And people at work are asking me if I'm a felon. Oh, yeah. Which article was it that said a lawsuit is coming? I don't even remember, but I'm like. The Inquisitor. <laughs> what the hell is that even? <laughs> that, that, that one by far is the worst game of telephone of the, all these articles. I don't know. The Boy Genius Report's pretty bad, too. That's where we're married and we live in Iowa and it's just a mess. <laughs> We answered the questions just because we want to get it out there. The only thing I felt was wrong was that, Justin, in some weird game of Double Jeopardy, you got banned from Facebook. That was the one thing. I'm like, the whole thing was I never felt there should be a black mark against you or against Star Wars Action News for this. And if somebody had just said, take it down, we would have. But... Well, and, you know, even the Facebook banning turned into something fun. It just kind of reminded me how how cool... And fun the collecting community can be. I mean, this was, we all, we all had fun with this kind of tongue in cheek. Mm -hmm. I love the picture of you melted from carbonite. (laughs) (laughs) That, that is amazing. And, you know, Dale, one of our friends and listeners immediately hopped up with a Je suis Justin. When the French article hit. (laughs) (laughs) We've had a lot of fun with it. And now what's funny is it's turned to this thing where someone posts a picture we're like, don't get a DCMA. You better take that down. You better watch out. Don't become Justin. (laughs) And then the strangest thing was Friday night. I'm just working on editing now playing. And all of a sudden I noticed somebody liked a photo on Star Wars Action News. When you have a page, you get that notice. And I looked, I'm like, the damn photo's back. So I'm texting (laughs) Justin and Justin somehow nobody told us anything. Nobody from Disney reached out, but the ban has been lifted. The claim retracted a second time. The pictures restored by Facebook again, never posted more than once by anyone here. And I guess we're in the clear. I said that they'll probably just put a third claim and then send people to your house to break your kneecaps, Justin, because it keeps getting more penalizing each time. (laughs) Yeah, I'm hoping that both shoes have already dropped and this can just lie because, I mean, honestly, in a matter of hours at this point none of this will make any difference you know i mean this is this is time sensitive stuff that you know had this happened a week later it would not have been even a droplet of news here's what's funny to me this is news to us in the collecting community that's about it and it turned into something else where like you said marjorie your dad's reading about it my grandma's reading about it now and it's like okay somebody in pr screwed up because as collectors, we'll talk about everything amongst ourselves, but we're not going to spoil things for the greater fandom of Star Wars. Well, here you go. You went ahead and did that. And that picture you took, we posted it the one time and they sent takedown notices to us. However, again, part of fair use is media in journalism reporting on stuff can use the images. I would state we have that same protection as we may be toy journalism, but it's still reporting on news of a sort, no different than film journalism and the such. And your picture is like everywhere now, unavoidable, because it's being reported by Ars Technica and Fortune. I think you can add this to your resume, photographer for (laughs) Article of Fortune. One of my buddies made a funny point. He texted me, he's like, hey, add it to your resume. Say that you were uh, featured in Fortune magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Yeah, and... Another thing that I think is really important we call out. Other people took your photo and decided to use it to sell figures they don't have on eBay. And I wanted to make this very clear that Justin didn't take this figure and turn around and scalp it, nor did he take this photo and use it to quote-unquote pre-sell figures that he doesn't have. Some 
people just did this and ran with it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's not me. I mean, for me, I mean, I think that's kind of why we're all friends here is because we all understand that you collect what you like, right? You don't buy stuff to try to make a profit. And <laughs> this thing is going to be a souvenir for me. I mean, never in my whole life did I ever think that I would have my name and you guys' name in headlines the week before. Completely intermingled and wrong. Right. But still <laughs> in headlines, right? The week before a new Star Wars movie comes out, we we somehow became part of a story <laughs> for this awesome new movie coming out. And so, yeah, this this figure is going to be put in acrylic plastic with the receipt laminated and, you know, maybe even a little a story of remembrance of what happened here <laughs> along with it. But, yeah, it's it's my new trophy souvenir figure. Is the figure cool? Yeah, I mean, what's lost in all that is the discussion of it's really not all that different. It looks like she took off her her tunic and put on a vest. That's about the only difference in the outfit. I find her arm warmers a little off. Like, they're just strange fashion choice. Yeah. I want sleeves, but don't necessarily want my shoulders to be covered. So, yeah, it's... I mean, if hey, if you want to talk about it, it does feel Star Warsy, and that's cool from a costume design standpoint. It feels of the universe. So, yeah, luckily the story wasn't like... Hey, why is she wearing something that looks like Battlestar Galactica or Star Trek clothes? Well, Justin, thanks for finding it. Thanks for joining us to talk about it. And we're so glad you're out of Facebook jail. <laughs> yeah, me too. You know, but actually, you know what? I, I highly suggest everybody take a Facebook break. That was that was a fun six hours, not having to worry about replying to things and stuff like that. It's it's a little uh, it's cathartic. You know, you can. You don't really get your thoughts to process when you don't have to worry about social media for a while. You got so much done. It was like when George was abstaining from sex. <laughs> <laughs> In Seinfeld, for people who don't get that 20-year-old reference. <laughs> well, no, I, thanks to you guys for handling all of the the fireballs that were thrown your way. Because nobody, like other than the Facebook stuff, nobody shot stuff at me. It was shot all at you guys. So you guys had to bat those away and tamp them down and... I appreciate the support and I appreciate everybody getting together and having fun on Facebook. That was that was a good time. I just think we need to get to the real issue. When were you two going to tell me you were married? <laughs> we were waiting for next year, San Diego. Yeah, I mean, it's I have going to read this in Yahoo Tech News. Well, actually, <laughs> Yahoo just regurgitated an incorrect report from Boy Genius. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll let you guys argue about that. I'm going to go hit Walmart and see if there's anything out there to spoil. Yeah, like, good luck fighting the figures on the back. Old Han Solo. Yeah, and it looks like a, a Wookiee Yoda love child type of thing. I'm not sure what that <laughs> thing is, but we, we, we will know soon enough. I think next time I'm talking to you, we will have seen this movie. So that's that's pretty exciting. Absolutely. And yeah, some people on the Star Wars Action News page got real indignant on your part. They're like, I'm going to boycott the movie. I thanked them for their dedication to you and the page, but... Nobody boycott this movie. I mean, we rolled with this. It was what it was. I mean, it's Facebook. It's not like your job wasn't on the line or anything. Right. Now, if a subpoena <laughs> does show up on my door and I have to get a second mortgage to cover lawyer fees, that may become a different story. But all right, Justin, well, may the toys be with you. And also with you. <laughs> Finally, as we get close to The Force Awakens and get closer to Christmas, kind of a good time to look back and... In our holiday gift guide, we talked about the book that collected all of the Topps trading cards from the first series where you could get all of those cards front and back 
in book format. Well, here to take a look back at some of those cards and how it ties into The Force Awakens is our vintage reporter, Jerry, joined by Brock, our book reviewer, to talk about this vintage card book. Hey, everybody. Jerry here to bring you another edition of my Vintage Viewpoint. You know, with The Force Awakens just around the corner, we've had a lot of product, toys, all sorts of food tie-ins and promotions that have been going on to really get us excited about the movie. One item that particularly caught my interest was the Topps Journey to The Force Awakens. Now, if you're like me and you have a long history of collecting trading cards from Topps, then you're already probably familiar with everything that Topps has done with Star Wars trading cards over the last 40 years. Founded in 1938, Topps started out as a bubblegum company and got into trading cards in the early 50s. And of course, has a long history with baseball cards, football cards, but then also really became well-known for all their entertainment properties. Probably familiar with things like their Beatles cards, Mars Attacks, other entertainment properties such as movies and television shows. But none have had a longer-lasting legacy in their portfolio than Star Wars. So today I want to focus this vintage viewpoint specifically on the 1977 Topps Star Wars trading cards. And to join me with that is our very own Star Wars Action News book club liaison, Brock. Well, thank you for acknowledging in <laughs> that I do the books around here. You keep doing stuff with books. Anyway, I'm glad to be here. This book is right up my alley, as just like you. I love Topps trading cards. And they made a book about Topps trading cards. It's right in my wheelhouse. I can't tell you. Yeah, Brock, what have you collected over the years with Topps? How, how involved have you been? I tend to be the kind of guy who likes to collect the base sets. And I haven't been going after chase cards or foil cards or all that kind of stuff. In, in more recent years, of course, when they've had that. But back in the day, I have very fond memories of spending my money on all sorts of trading cards from Superman 2 and E.T., from uh, Temple of Doom was a big one for me. And, of course, Return of the Jedi was the first one that I had my own money that I can go to the store and buy packs and packs of Return of the Jedi. And at one time, I actually had a full set. And I have those cards still in a binder here at the house. But somehow, over time, I have lost two. So, uh, And then Batman in 1989. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Did I buy so many Batman cards and I never got a complete set of those. And the cards that were missing, I put the stickers in. So I had the stickers for the Batman set. But I don't have stickers for my Return of the Jedi because, like many kids back in the day, I used those stickers on everything from books to school books I shouldn't have put them on to my record player. So, yeah. And, and yes, kids, I just said record player. I had one of those. Because I'm older than you, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I was a big, I was a big Tops fan back in the day. So, yeah, the book here is a good idea. When I first heard about this book, when you first tipped me off that it was actually out, because I heard about it, but I forgot it was coming out, I thought it was a brilliant idea. Because people like me, I don't have any of the sets of the five original Star Wars sets. I was too young to collect them then. Now I can get all the cards Without having to spend, like, was 100 bucks for the first set? The blue set's expensive on eBay. And so now I have all the cards. It's going to be just like having the cards. The thing about the original 1977 cards, I was two years old when the movie came out and when these cards were hitting. But my brother's five years older than I am. And as soon as I can remember when I was four or five, I remember having a ton of these cards. But I only remember my, my brother had only gotten the green series very few of the yellow series, and even fewer of the orange. 
it wasn't until early 90s, 91, 92, that I ever realized that there was a blue and a red series. I, I didn't even know that existed. Huh. And though my, my brother had a, a bunch of cards, we didn't have anything close to a set. We had a handful of stickers, and like you, I, I put some of those. And when Empire and Jedi came out, I had you know I had a ton of those stickers uh, of my own. That I, I usually put them on the inside of my closet door, and I'd... Remember, Empire had the letters and I'd spell words like Jerry's Closet or weird things like that. <laughs> and But on the Star Wars, I never had a complete set. And this is a fun story. I, I may have mentioned this on the show over the years. We we have a, a fairly well-known uh, flea market in uh, near Cincinnati called Trader's World Flea Market. It's been open for 30-plus years. Episode 1 and Episode 3, for that matter, both were released on my birthday. So on my 24th birthday, Phantom Menace re- is released we, a bunch of us and my family, we go see the movie after we did a little uh, birthday dinner with me. And my dad had purchased the entire 1977 set from that flea market. He and I were there about a week prior and I saw it and I, re- I just reacted. I didn't ask him to buy it for me or anything, but I just reacted. I was like, oh my goodness, that's the entire set. I've never seen that. That's so cool. And he went back and bought it and gave it to me for, for my birthday on the day Phantom Menace was released. So that's how I have a full set. That's amazing. And you, when you say full set, you mean all five? All or just five. The first? Oh, my God. Yeah, blue through orange. <laughs> Dude, you're so lucky. Yeah, and a great, great piece of my collection. And these ten series, five for Star Wars, three for Empire, and two series for, for Jedi. Right. Those... I have all those. That's the heart of my tops collection for Star Wars. So you're right, though. If I if I look at this book, and we can kind of talk about the book and talk about the cards simultaneously, because what this book is, is mostly just a reproduction of the fronts and the backs of all of those cards. The book is called Volume 1, but Volume 1 is reserved for Star Wars. So it is all five series that's represented in this book. Volume 2 will be Empire. Volume 3 will be Jedi. And then I think they're going to do some books on the Galaxy cards, too. So hopefully maybe we can talk about that as we get into the uh, the renaissance era of star wars a little bit more so you know brock i gotta admit when i saw this book on amazon it was only 18 dollars. i went ahead and ordered it because i was really intrigued and it turns out that there are already a few books like this there's a star trek tops trading card book and i think there's a few others and some other properties that I, i've not paid a lot of attention to and when the book first arrived i don't know if you remember i, I texted you and i said hey the the, the book came and I showed you a couple pages of it. I was like, oh, wow, it is actually just photos or, or scans or whatever of the original cards. I'm not sure if I need this. But I'll tell you what I was blown away about this book is, is that it does actually feel like you're opening a pack of cards. So if you if you take the jacket of the book, it's a hardcover book. The dimensions are a little weird. It's like seven inches tall by five inches wide and about an inch, inch and a half deep. So it's a it's a stubby little book, but it's got like the, the, the right aspect ratio of a pack of cards. It's scaled up, of course. It's not that small. But if you take the, the jacket off of the book, I'm sure you've noticed this, but the inside of it has got this like lamination onto it that makes you feel like it's a wax pack, like the old classic wax pack of how they used to seal cards that way versus the thin seal flow wrappers to wrap cards nowadays. But Back then, there are wax packs, and the, the, the lamination they put on the inside of this makes it really feel like a, an old vintage wrapper for a pack of cards, and it, it's beautiful. The actual art on the front is the original Series 1 artwork from the 77 Tops. They've just added in the, the title of the book. The back, just as you would imagine, looks like that the back of a wax pack with the, with the, with the tuck folds and everything put together, and, 
it's really cool because they even take the copy and the, the words that they have some of them hidden because, you know, sometimes when they folded those packs, they didn't always fold them very well. So the, the X-Wing is cut off a little bit. The TIE Fighter's cut off a little bit. And it just, it, it just looks like a pack of cards. I mean, there's, there's nothing else you can say about that. Then with the jacket off, you look at the front cover of the book, there's one of those horribly awesome pink sticks of gum. <laughs> but I loved them. I mean, from baseball cards and football cards. Sometimes I'd buy packs of cards one day, packs of cards another day, and get some over the weekend, and I would have 15, 16 sticks of gum in a little bowl that I would work my way through. Oh, really? My parents made me throw it out. Oh, they didn't They didn't let you chew the gum? They said, it's all sugar. Don't eat that gum. It's terrible gum. And then, and then like, I remember going out with my <laughs> friends, and we would buy, you know, packs of cards. I don't remember if of garbage pail kids actually had gum. I don't remember that anymore. But whenever we buy like packs of cards with gum, I would eat the gum because my parents weren't there, you know, because I couldn't do that when I had <laughs> packs in front of them. Yeah. Anyway. Well, better than, you know, smoking dope or something, I suppose. Yeah, it's how I rebelled against my parents. I Brock the gum. has three <laughs> teeth, by the way, if you've <laughs> never met him. But um, <laughs> now on the flip side, though, the, the back cover, though, has that same piece of gum like it's broken. And that's brilliant because, you know, I, I don't know, were you ever disappointed when you open a pack of gum and it was broke, even though you're just going to chew it? <laughs> Conversely, it, it, to find a full stick of gum that's not broken was was more rare. It would always be broken at least in one place. Some shard of it, yeah. The only other things I'll mention about the, the, the packaging is the inside of the book on in the back then mimics like one of the display boxes. Again, it follows the artwork from the original Series 1, and it looks like it's opened and there's one pack left. Like The 3D illusion of this photo is actually really nice. looks like you could reach in there and grab the last pack of cards. So th the book is just printed beautifully. Now that I have in my hand, even though it scans and represents cards that I actually have in a, in a binder, I'm really glad I have this book. It's just the, the every all the little details they, they put into making the, the, the book aesthetically nice and, and like a little pack of cards is really cool. Yeah, that aspect of this book is phenomenal. They really put a lot of love into making this book feel that kind of nostalgia. And the first part of the book is an introduction. They have all five different different wrapper with different artwork on it. So they have all five of those. And they go into a history of how this set got made and the troubles they had creating the first set and the subsequent sets. And this little introduction that, for me was worth the price of admission. Uh, that, that introduction section and how this whole thing came together was gold. You know, I, I won't give away too many tidbits from this. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to be I was trying to be spoiler-free as possible as as true to my reviews. Yeah. I, I'm going to whet your appetite with one tidbit though. Cuz it <laughs> blew me away. I did not know this and I I've, I've not had a chance to further research it. So this introduction is written by Gary Garani and he was as he as he refers himself as a copywriter and an idea man for their new product development group that basically went after, hey, what's the newest and the hottest properties? What should we make be making trading cards to appeal to the new generations and for generations to come? And he writes this, I don't know, 10, 12-page introduction. And the one thing out of it that really blew me away, because I, I never knew this, is that Kenner was the parent company of another trading card company that people who maybe collected baseball cards in the 80s are familiar with, Donruss. I never knew that. I did not yeah. know Kenner ever owned Donruss and that Donruss even existed in the late 70s because 
they started making baseball cards in like 1981. But, you know, like Topps, Fleer, and these other companies were, were companies in the confectionery business with gum and other candies and whatnot. So it doesn't surprise me. It wasn't just so easy for Topps to, to do this. They had to wait to see if Kenner or Donruss wanted it first. They would have had first dibs because of Kenner's licensing over the toys. I never knew that. But what's funny about that same story was he mentioned that because the Star Trek series didn't sell well like a year before that he pushed for, the powers that be did not want to take a chance on an unknown movie named Star Wars. And by the time that Star Wars hit and they were going to want to put a trading card set out by the September, I believe, of that year, then they had to wait for Donruss. They had their opportunity. They passed. And they luckily got a second chance, and my goodness, they took off and ran with it. After that, though, the next 520-some-odd pages, though, are images of the cards. Now, there are some captions. There are some little tidbits, maybe some really brief anecdotes about various cards and various images that were used. Because the one thing that really stands out, at least to me, Brock, about the, the original Star Wars set is they were relatively limited in the shots they had. So you had a lot of publicity stills that were used as cards. You had, a lot of times, cards that were back-to-back in the set that had images that were either nearly identical, maybe it was like the next three seconds of frames on screen of like Luke turned his head two inches, or sometimes (laughs) they would change it from a portrait to a landscape just to fill out the set. Yeah, especially as the sets went on, they talk about in the book, they got the Series 5, and they were really scraping the bottom <laughs> of the barrel. And as you said, they were limited in the images they could have. They were not allowed to have any cantina aliens. They weren't allowed to have more than one space shot in the whole first set. And these are chunks of the movie that people love, and they keep having this set. And I noticed it. In Series 2, there's a card that has R2-D2 being loaded into the X-Wing. And that same picture is in series one, but as you said, like two or three frames before that. They use the same image again in series three on car 156, and they use it for a puzzle on the back of the cards, and they use it again in series four as car 240. I'm like, oh my gosh, and I keep putting back and forth in this book to look at these cards, and they're like two seconds off. And that's really kind of funny when you and they point it out to you early, and then you start to notice it by like series three. You're like, yeah, where's Greedo? He's a kind of a big character in this movie. Where is he? It's, it's amazing that they, what they made and what they threw out there and people kept on buying it. I would think that people would get tired of buying these same images over and over. I think that just represents, Brock, that you know, in 1977, 1978, people couldn't get enough. And right. if it was like me to where we had some of the cards and not all of them, just because we were buying packs here and there – I probably didn't have some of these images so to, to compare. For instance, here's one. If you got the book in front of you. I do. Look at, look at yellow card series, card 187, 188. It's hilarious because it's, <laughs> it's, it's as if C-3PO and the silver droid, whatever his name is, it's called 3PO and Friend. At card 188, it's the friend walking away like 3PO farted or something and the droid's like, <laughs> I'm out of here. And Starship Under Fire. And they... It, it's got to be like a moment later in the film. If I mean, this this isn't even actually recognizable from the film, but some image on, 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 on set, one's portrait, one's landscape. And it's like if you don't have both these cards, you'd never notice the difference. And what's funny about you just mentioned that this is a great example of what we're talking about. They, they tell us in the book that they didn't have 
photo stills from the movie. They had photographs from principal photography, which is one of the reasons when the lightsabers, they would have to go back and airbrush lightsabers in for later card sets. But the first series, they don't have that. And there's a lot of airbrushing going on, and some of the airbrushing is better than others in some cards. Uh, One other complaint I have about this, Jerry, is that, you know, what's really fun about holding a card in your hand is you can flip it over and read the back. And that's something in the books that I have, all these notebooks, excuse me, all these binders with the pages I have, that is also gone. You have to flip back and forth with the pages, and it's not as easy to find the card, etc. But with holding a card in your hand, you can flip it right over and see what's on the back. You miss that experience with this book. And, of course, how can you recreate that in a book? And that's one thing they didn't quite do. What they did was they put the images in one section, the stickers in another, and then all the card backs. So the card backs had a jumble, either a puzzle piece or a description or a brief summary or some trivia facts. And they grouped all the trivia facts together and all the puzzle pieces together. So it, it didn't go back and forth. It would be, wouldn't, so it wouldn't be confusing. It's a collection of the content, which is, which is right. a choice. I had thought about two other ways you could have done that. You could have had you could have had two opposite pages be the front and the back of a card. You're right. You, you could have you, done that. You could have done the right page and the next page being the literal front and back to where yep. you could flip it. Yep. I imagine why they didn't, though, is because they wanted to represent the puzzle pieces together. If, if you'd done that faithfully for all the cards, you would have then, I suppose, still dedicate a page to show you what, what they look like when you put them together. You get an idea of how desperate they were for photos. The last set had some behind-the-scenes stuff, which they also started doing in the Empire Strikes Back sets, if you recall. Uh, Overall, the idea here is still sound. I'm not really crazy about the scans, but I kind of like having all the images in one place. So I I get you. I really kind of – now that you mentioned it, I kind of like the idea if they have the front and back together. I kind of like that idea. Oh, well, you can kind of see the whole card in one shot, right. which would be an let's call it an improvement of why you would do it in a book because you can't do that with a card. You can't look at the front and the back simultaneously unless you have two of them. So the book right. could have added to the experience by allowing you to do that. Yeah, and what's really neat about the Orange series, since they did run out of images, as a kid, I thought the the theme of the Orange series was purely behind the scenes. That's not actually the case, but they're, it's, it's kind of unique because I, I don't think we even see a whole lot of that today except for maybe special inserts like the journey to the force awakens actually uses the orange border design for an insert set that is all behind the scenes. And I thought they got that from this. So it was actually this book that reminded me that yeah, not every card in that set was a behind the scenes, but there's a lot of it. There's images with George Lucas on set, setting things up, talking to people. There's images of people working on the makeup for Chewbacca, you know, getting his mask, right. Um, Filming the explosions. I mean, there's there's a lot of cool shots like that that probably is the, you know, 1977, 78, whenever Series 5 came out, you wouldn't have seen this stuff any other way. But what you mentioned that. Uh, they also, in some of the captions of the cards, would put – they don't do this today either. They have Luke Skywalker or Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, I should say. And they have Han Solo, parentheses, Harrison Ford, yeah. close parentheses. And you don't have that. They're breaking that fourth wall, you know? And – and they talk about in the captions how they always wanted to be um, – they tried to be – the, the word they use is uh, use unambiguous statements. So these incredible captions are just so like planning an escape. And as you mentioned, uh, Ben turns off the tractor beam. Chewie gets riled. <laughs> Solo and Chewie prepare to leave Luke. And they talk about in the book here and there about 
how the caption they have isn't exactly what the movie image is showing us, but at the time, you could understand <laughs> why. It's but, you fine. know, I will say this. Earlier in the 80s, going through these cards, it's it's why I knew, because these cards from 1977, 78 told me that a TIE fighter was a twin ion engine. Sure. I mean, that kind of information's in here. It's like, oh, that's called a sand crawler. Oh, that's called a Y-wing. This is probably why I even know the term Tusken Raider is probably because of cards like that. Because that's not in the movie anywhere. And, you know, this was kind of our EU. We didn't call that back then. We took all this for gospel. But, you know, when, when we talk Empire, for instance, I'll give a little preview of that. You know, I, I was always fascinated by the character cards for Luke and Leia because, you, you know, on the tops Empire cards, they're not the same age. That's right. They have actual ages in the back. That's absolutely right. Yeah, and they talk about it here in the book, and they call it out that the fun facts or things in the back of at the time was correct, and we now know better because they made a saga out of all this. Actually, I learned something new reading this book that Captain Antilles' first name is Ramus. I was not aware of that. Perfect. Did you, did you know that? I didn't know no, that. No, 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 no. It goes right into what you were saying about TIE Fighter. Well, had I had, I had that card as a child, I would have known that. Which – Green C-3PO card you own. Yeah, I only have a spattering of these cards. I need to get these sets. But I know that's a very valuable card. And and in fact, I forgot that the cleaned up version of that famous C-3PO card is the more rare. I always think the one with the phallic thing is is more. But no, it's it's the because they, they had so many out there that it was almost too late to recall them, right? Well, here's – I don't know what the, the, the legend of this is. I know what I've always heard, but then this book tells me something different. I've always heard it as an airbrushing joke on the card. But this gentleman tells a story. Maybe it's because he just doesn't want to admit any liability from anybody. But <laughs> the gentleman writing says that someone on set did that to C-3PO's costume. And I cannot believe that. Yeah, yeah. That that makes no sense. And then they had to airbrush it out. That That makes no sense whatsoever, but... I heard, a story, I heard a story that something was falling and they snapped a picture at exactly the right moment. And no, it, it clearly looks like someone was <laughs> playing around. Here's the thing, Jerry. I was very excited about getting this book because I thought now I don't have to get these card sets. I don't own them. And I have all the other ones from Jedi and Empire, but I don't have these. And so I was thinking, oh, this is great. I don't have to get the Jedi and Empire book because I own those cards. And after now reading this book, and as we've talked about it now, that is not true. I still need to buy those cards because even though I have all the images, I have all the card backs, and I and I have it all right here in this volume, and it's a wonderful little volume and a great idea and packaged great as we talked about, it's still not the same. It's not the same. It, I just – whatever no, reason, having no. those cards in your hand, even in a, in a binder, is much more special than reading it this way in a book. Maybe it's because you can't flip them over. Maybe because you can't smell them. You know, the smell of old cardboard. But I unfortunately, I'm still going to have to buy those cards. Now, I, I think you're right on that. And, and, and for me, because I already own the cards, I just had the complete opposite struggle in my head. Do I really need this book? And like I said, the, the, the book's so well put together aesthetically, the tidbit information that's in there. And we haven't talked about it yet, but this book actually comes with some bonus cards. Now, there's, yeah. there's an image of the, the wrapper art that's used for the book. There's a couple stickers there's a, another reproduction and the fact it comes with the bonus cards the fact that it has such a nice presentation i will i will tell you this i do feel a little bit more comfortable flipping through my cards in this book versus risking you because you know every time you open a binder and those those pages are a little flimsy and cards can kind of start w worming their way out a little bit 
it's a little safer to maybe flip through and read all the backs with a book like this. And at the price of $18, I'll probably keep buying them. Now, if this goes out of print and somewhere down the road that it's like a hundred bucks and it's just, just as cheap to buy the real cards, eh, buy the real cards. I agree. Uh, but at $18, yeah. yeah, add it to your collection, whether you have the cards or not. It's going to look great on my shelf, uh, even though it's a small size. And I'll, if we come back and talk about the Jedi book or the Empire book in the spring, uh, I'll then have the same experience you're having because I own those cards, you know? And I'll see how much I really will feel this way about the book. But I think having all three on your shelf will look gorgeous. And for the price, you can't go wrong. But anyway, well, thanks for having me on here, Jerry. I appreciate it. Anytime you have a chance to talk about vintage stuff together, I, I love it. Um, if they keep coming out with these vintage books, I guess we can do more of these segments together. Absolutely. And, you know, I, there's a small part of me hopes that they keep going with some galaxies and some wide visions. And I'll probably stop buying the books at some point. But sure, I love the tops cards. I, like you, I get base sets when I can. I tend to focus on original trilogy type stuff. So just to leave people with, you know, it's tied to the vintage. They've been out for a couple months. You, you've probably already collected them to death if, if you're into Topps cards. But the, the Journey to the Force Awakens set is an excellent set. The, the, the cards are designed like these 77 Topps original series. They cover all seven movies, although there's probably like eight total cards for the prequels, which I, I find funny and I dig. But they do good insert sets that echo the Empire, the Star Wars set. I mean, it's it's a great set to, to get into. And if you happen to luck into some sketch cards and some autographs, great. But just the base cards are, are wonderful. So I, I would highly recommend them if you don't have them already. If you go into eBay, people are selling the base set along with the non-exclusive insert sets for, you know, 20 bucks or less. I mean, you it's it's the equivalent of buying 10 packs of cards that won't give you a complete set. So if you like ripping into a pack of cards, go to it. The packs are everywhere. Uh, they're great distribution. You can, you can find them at any retailer or Hey, if you just want a base set, easy find on eBay, go, go out and get you one. So, All right. So uh, I guess we'll, we'll reconvene in the spring with the empire. Book. I guess so. Well, Brock, enjoy that movie and we'll, uh, we'll catch you in 2016. And remember, we really do care. He really does. Thank you, Jerry and Brock. Kind of interesting subject there. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to new Force Awakens trading cards. I actually didn't get the ones that had come out previously that were the saga because it was just pictures from the trailers. Everybody so spoiler phobic that even the trading cards can't have it. Very different time than when I grew up. I remember growing up, I had all the Gremlins trading cards and I still couldn't put the story together. I also had all the Howard the Duck trading cards. <laughs> but... It told the movie in trading card format. I'm sure that's coming for The Force Awakens, and that'll really pique my interest. Well, that's our show for the week. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SW Action News. And we're going to head out now to The Force Awakens. You can get to see some pictures of us looking very tired. And the worst part's the movie theater food, I think. Yeah, you know, it really sounds good at first where you're like, oh, man, they're going to have chicken fingers and nachos but then i remember like it's that like radioactive nacho cheese sauce that's really not all that great so i don't know we'll see and then we will be back in a week as we start our 2015 year in review shows the only way we can talking about the force awakens and all the toys that are with it so we'll see you then Yup, yup, yup.
Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can be on the next episode of Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted are subject to use on our show. We want your feedback on Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook and Twitter. The links to our social media sites are at SWActionNews.com. You can see more videos and reviews by subscribing to the Star Wars Action News YouTube channel. You can find the link from our homepage. If you enjoyed the show, please post about Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, or your social media network of choice, or just tell a friend about the show. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star written review on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at SWActionNews.com. If you also enjoy Marvel Comics, you can hear Arnie and Marjorie talk about the toys and statues based on Marvel Comics characters on the Marvelicious Toys podcast at MarveliciousToys.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Star Wars Action News podcast video enhancement by Andrew, Daryl, Josh, and Barrett. Star Wars Action News website designed by Jason. Photo editing by Jay. Graphic design by Chris. Associate produced and announcements by Brock. Segments hosted by Jerry, Jonathan, Brock, Nathan, and Steve. For more Star Wars collecting, please check out GalacticHunter.com, JediDefender.com, JediTempleArchives.com, and YakFace.com. And we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all that the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2015, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Until next time, may the pegs be stopped and the Force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. An unknown number, and I swore to God it was one of those people who I really enjoy telling to do anatomically impossible things because they're trying to sell me Viagra, Cialis, or whatever illegal drug prescription Canadian thing from their Indian call center. <laughs> I mean, I, I become creative with those people. It's a real, I don't need therapy. I just need more people to call, try to sell me Viagra. Cause I, I get all of it out in that moment. You do. <laughs> and it, it's tremendous to hear him berate these people who are calling to sell Viagra and hydrocodone and things. <laughs> should record it and make an album. <laughs> it, it would be Ooh. like I'm covering Sam Kinison. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! <laughs>
I heard a story. I heard a story that something was falling and they snapped a picture at exactly the right moment. And no, it, it clearly looks like someone was playing around. I was going to say dicking around, but that's just the wrong words to use. 